Hello, my pancake peeps, my bacon brigade. Before the show starts, take a second to subscribe and leave a review, share with some friends, and while you're listening, make sure you check out the Breakfast store with so much amazing merchandise at breakfast.com. People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope. My guest today is Sheila Kelly, and she is a powerhouse. Not only is she the creator of S Factor and Woman Ignited, both very popular feminine movement lifestyle practices, she's also in the new Netflix documentary Strip Down, Rise Up. And that's not all. Sheila Kelly is also an accomplished actor. You've seen her in huge roles on shows like The Good Doctor, Lost, Gossip Girl, L.A. Law, and she also happens to play Debbie Hunt in one of my all-time favorite movies, Singles, so we gots to talk about that. And for our breakfast, we made healthy and delicious smoothies. So expect the best because we've got Sheila Kelly today on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. That could go on a Hallmark card. <laughs> My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. Yeah, it's character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Breakfast. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilized the hydraulics. I love a crawler. Yeah. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Sheila Kelly, welcome to Breakfast. Hi, thank you for having me. This is really awesome. Excellent. I'm sitting here with my smoothie, and I'm I'm just I'm chowing down with you. Nice. We'll talk about the smoothies a little bit later and get in depth with that because I think that's that's going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, I want to start off. You know, you have created some very powerful programs like S Factor and Woman Ignited. What were the inspirations for starting them? Oh my God! Great question. A movie. A movie role. Um, I did a film called Dancing at the Blue Iguana in 1999, and it was an improvisational film that we um, uh, we cast it. The director was Michael Radford, who had just done. He was coming off of Il Postino. It was the Italian film yeah. Academy Award nomination, and so he was riding high. I was doing great, and we did this film together. Turned it into an improvisational film based off of a script I had written, and uh, I spent you know six months in the strip clubs in Southern California with the most amazing stripper mentors and learning how to do movement, creating a character and the movement I just lit me up from the inside out. I've been a dancer all my life, but I had never done movement like this, which was just purely overtly feminine and curvy and sensual and sexy. And I just felt, I felt like wonder woman or Superwoman or something. And and then um, the film ended, and I stopped doing the movement, and I just, uh, I, I just kind of lost that, that kind of feeling, that badass feeling of I could conquer the world. So I, I actually put a poll in my husband's office um, on June Street, and uh, and I started doing it for myself. And then all the moms at the preschool where my son went to school would just come up to me and say, "What are you doing? You look like you feel like a million bucks." And I said, you know, come to my house, grab some six inch heels and, um, you know, we're going to get some pole burns. And they, <laughs> come on, they came on over and it started with three preschool moms at my house and it exploded. It exploded like exponentially. By a year in, I had hundreds of students. I had wait lists. I was on Oprah. I had 
you know, LA Times was writing a, 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 a article about it and me. And it was just, it, it was crazy. I had tapped into something really vital that women were missing. And that was the permission to be purely and unadulteratedly feminine and erotic. Yeah. So that's what it did. That, that's it. I know about S Factor because I watched the the documentary Strip Down, Rise Up. Maybe we can talk about that for a bit. I would love to I, hear your thoughts. I I loved it. Part of the time, though, I felt like, oh, I felt like this is too intimate. I shouldn't be watching this. You know, I don't know if I was supposed to feel like that. Uh, yes, yeah, you I, are. I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, then good. Mission accomplished. Um, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> but I, I still could not stop watching. I was like, I, maybe I shouldn't be watching this, but I, I'm transfixed. Oh, amazing. And amazing. It, well, I, I got, I analogize S Factor a lot to Fight Club for women. Uh, you know, you know. Yeah. What what yeah. you see here, what you do here, it all stays here because it is that intimate and it is that personal and it is that feminine. You know, for me, Fight Club was like that film was like this is a place where men go to, you know, be masculine and dominate and kill things. And um, and S Factor, it's where you can go to be unadulteratedly and, and just unapologetically feminine and erotic and sexy without any threat, without any fear that you're in danger. And um, instead of killing things, we, we kind of elevate each other and and um, really prop each other up for being the you know queens that every woman really is. So that 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 could probably speak to why it felt so intimate to you. And it is intimate. Women are intimate. Women function in such a different way than men. And uh, until we, as a as a as a world, understand the multitude of of the different ways that the masculine feminine spectrum works, you know, we're all kind of ascribed to live through the masculine gaze, and it's it's not it doesn't work. It doesn't work for it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. It took it took until I learned this movement, until I did um, dancing at the Blue Iguana, to really understand that wow, I was only living in half of myself in a masculine world, and then when I created this 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 feminine world it it just changed everything that's so i like i think it's amazing that you discovered something that allowed you to unlock part of yourself that you, that was kind of i don't know locked away lost yeah. held down yeah um i would yeah exactly and it is it's just it's a it's just a it's a kind of a phenomenon of being in a you know patriarchal world in a masculine society. Yeah. I, you know, the other thought I had when I'm watching is like, this looks really fun. It was um, so fun. If no one was watching me, I would love to uh, do it and, uh, you know, try to figure some stuff out. Well, why can't we watch you, Brett? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I think you'd be darn good on that thing. Look, when I kick, I can almost get up to my waist. So that's pretty good. Uh <laughs> Well, uh, I I like the documentary. It's on Netflix, guys. If you want to watch it, it it's very uh, empowering and very interesting. I guess I would say the big thing. I was very interested and intrigued the entire time. I watched it twice in a row. In that's fact, amazing. Was, yeah. So talk about Women Ignited a little bit. I know that's the the, the kind of the newer thing you're working on now. What yeah, so What is different about that? Woman Ignited is an eight week. It's an eight week uh, online course. Like a, it's an experience, an eight week experience with me. And it starts on April 12th. And um, it's just doing, it's doing a foundational deep dive into reclaiming your life as a woman and reclaiming awesome. your life through the feminine gaze and, you know, feminine, the five feminine geniuses, understanding the power of your curve, 
understanding the importance of your sensuality and heightening the muscles of your sensuality and understanding the beauty of emotability and how your body is meant to be this emotional genius and understanding the power of communication and connection that the feminine is so powerful at. And the final thing is really understanding the, um, the extraordinary superpower of intuition and how we as a culture and when we trust our intuition more and we balance our intuition with our logic and rationality, we honor both of those energies Uh, because to me, logic and rationality is more of a masculine attribute. And when I talk about masculine feminine, Brent, I'm talking about um, energy. So I have masculine energy, I have feminine energy, and you also have masculine feminine energy. And we just um, haven't balanced those energies within ourselves. So um, this is a course specifically to bring out the feminine in any and everybody who wants to come and try it. Oh, okay. So this could be, it could be males that come to this class too. You could. No? You could. Okay. I haven't had a lot of, um, I haven't had a lot of straight men come to my classes. Yeah, <laughs> got you. I taught Conan O'Brien once on the Conan show. I watched that clip and it is, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> It was really fun. I did teach my husband uh, about three months ago how to do a pole trick, and then he tried to teach Really? Me. Yeah. We're talking about your husband, uh, you know, famous actor Richard Schiff, uh, Emmy winner. He's on the. You guys are on The Good Doctor together, which we'll talk about in a little bit. He was uh, – how, how, did he enjoy it? We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> No comment. No, I, I, I always uh, I, I enjoy wa- uh, watching my wife do it. Um, uh, occasionally, when I get a chance to do that, and when she's not so shy, but um, uh, I'm not. My body's not made uh, to swing around that thing. <laughs> um, and uh, we tried it for some uh, comedic effect, but it was a lot of fun. Either way, it was really enjoyable, and it, and she gets such joy mm-hmm. from moving. And then to see me even just attempt it, it gave her that much more joy. So it it's, was worth it. It's, it's currently living on my Instagram. She oh, wow. At, she All looked right. at us. <laughs> you can Excellent. see him trying it out. <laughs> so Brent, if he can do it, you can do it. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I will try it. Mine might need to be reinforced. I need to reinforce pole maybe. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, we can do that. We can all right. <laughs> you only need reinforced courage. That's all you need. Okay, I'm in. I'm going to try it. <laughs> wow. I didn't know we were going to get a cameo from, uh, you know, uh, Richard Schiff, but that's great. Uh, I, knew, I knew, Brent. We set it up. We were just going to punk you. Nice. Hey, we don't know each other, but punking people is like one of my favorite things. <laughs> I think it's great. And then it happened to me. That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> well, all right. I don't think I can wait any longer. We need to talk about the Cameron Crowe directed grunge rock era movie set in Seattle singles. I love this movie so much. I, uh, in fact, I rented it last night. I have the DVD somewhere, but I had to rent it last night to watch it on, I think, Amazon Prime for two ninety nine. Well, well worth it. It holds up. What do you remember about uh, you know the audition for this? The, oh my god! Any... What do I remember? I remember every friggin' thing. It was one of those seminal moments in a career as an actress where you just um, you just know you're onto something extraordinary. And I've been really blessed and lucky to have a few of those in my career. And uh, I was shooting a film called Pure Luck, which the critics called Pure Suck. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) It was 
it's not well done. Um, but I was uh, starring opposite Marty Short and Danny Glover, who were are amazing. And I had um, they had cut my hair and dyed me blonde, and um, and I had just been shooting down in Mexico, and I came up to LA, and I was told that there's this project, and they've cast everybody, but they're having a really hard time casting Debbie Hunt, this character. So I read the script overnight. I said, I love it. They put me on tape. Uh, she's a real character if you haven't seen the movie. Um, and you really have to swallow. I had to swallow every ounce of pride and ego uh, to play her because she's just that desperate. And um, so I did, I put myself, uh, they put me on tape, I guess, Warner Brothers. I went over to the Warner Brothers lot and I had blonde hair and um, I did a wacky costume with wacky earrings and just, just, just played into the wackiness of this character. And I get a call from my agent that afternoon, Cameron Crowe wants to meet me. And so they, you got to get to the airport in the next hour and a half. I swear to God, take an overnight bag. I threw stuff in a bag, ran down the airport, got on the plane, flew up to Seattle. I think I was like 25 years old at this time. Super, you know, super green. And um, I got picked up at the airport. They took me to a hotel and then they took me over to meet him. Literally just, I dropped it. I, it was like off the plane. I'm in the office. He comes in, I'm talking to him. Um, you know, we all know he's just so brilliant and such a, he's got such a big heart. Great guy. It was kismet. It was electric. We loved each other. And he gave me the part right then and there. This is, this is your part. This is your part. You're it. You were born to play this part. I found out afterward, I think, that they had already been negotiating with somebody else, which made me feel bad. This was a couple of years later. But um, I, I had to, you know, uh, fly back home and then really pack up because they were already just about to start shooting. And they had to, they wanted to dye my hair. So they said, because Bridget Fonda was blonde Kira Cedric was blonde and they didn't want the third character to be blonde. Yeah. So we decided to go with the, the red because we just thought that was just that much more desperate. Um, <laughs> it was super fun. And, uh, and then I came home, flew back up a couple of days later and I was up in Seattle shooting for three months, I believe in the middle of winter into spring. I remember shooting the bicycle, you know, the, the biking stuff. Yes. With, with uh, Peter Horton. With Peter Horton, but I had to bike all over Seattle in the rain, in the freezing cold. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's how I got it. That's how I got that part. It was a really beautiful, crazy journey. That's, um, yeah, that's that's interesting. And I for, I had forgotten you you had to bike all over Seattle, and they were it was raining, and you had all you had bought all the nice, really nice bike gear, even though you weren't really a bike person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, can she get any funnier? Yeah, she. Uh, I look. Everyone, everyone that I've talked to about that movie in the last week has said, like, oh yeah, I, I remember uh, that she in her in her uh, dating video she was flying. Everybody remembers the flying in the dating video. I know, which is which was so great. And um, that was a Cameron Crow. Um, Cameron wanted that. It was brilliant over the Space Needle. And then we did a bunch of other stuff for the dating video, and then. We were shooting her in, remember the shower? 
Yes. In the yes. shower and uh, the camera comes up over and then you see her in black lingerie and her hands are doing like the Vogue thing, the Madonna Vogue yep. thing. And then she goes, come to where the flavor is, come to Debbie country. <laughs> I wrote that line. That was my line. Nice. <laughs> yes. That's the one thing I can say I, I brought other than the character. Um yeah, and then the earrings and, and the scene with there's so many seminal moments in that film for me. The scene where she goes in and, and um goes to the store to purchase earrings. And the guy behind the counter, Tim Burton. Right. Doing a cameo. I mean, I I didn't know that was I did not know that Tim Burton was going to be doing a cameo in the scene. It was like I'm 25 years old. It's like, "Oh my god." And it was just, it was brilliant. It was so fun. You know, that's the kind of thing that Cameron would do. He would just throw things at you. He'd punk you a little bit. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, I was reading some stuff about singles that I didn't even know, you know, was a thing. I I did not know that it had been shot before the whole Seattle explosion with Nirvana and Soundgarden and Pearl oh, Jam, yeah. all these. Um, and that the, 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 the studio you know, didn't know what to do with the movie. And then when the Seattle explosion happened, they're like, yeah, let's put this movie out, of course. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? I didn't Um, know that they didn't know what to do with the movie because it was so frigging... I know, it's so good. But you know what? Sometimes things that are really good, the studios, of course, they don't understand it, you know? Right, right, Because it was also shot kind of documentary style, which was not a thing that was done a lot in movies. And... I don't know a lot of movies that are shot, you know, where you guys are kind of talking to the camera sometimes. Oh, yeah, and... like office, like The Office, but way before The Office. Right, way before The Office. Way before um, The Office. You know, so, you know, Brent, it was a magical, magical time. I'm, I got to meet Kurt Cobain and, and Chris Cornell, and Chris is in the movie, and, and Matt Cohen's yeah. band is Pearl Jam, who was named... Right. You know, you know what they were named before Pearl Jam? Citizen. Oh, no, I thought you were saying the movie. It's Citizen Dick. But uh, what, what were they called for Pearl Jam? Mookie Blaylock. Really? After the ba- the basketball player? Yeah. And he he told them he started, he said, get, get rid of that name. So they changed their name from Mookie Blaylock to Pearl Jam. And that was all happening like right then. It was a really incredible time. 1990. One. It was the best rap yeah. party ever. It was the best rap party ever because they played at the rap party. They did. They really? Did. That's right. Oh man, that is uh, that is something. Because I, that's one of the things I love about singles is, it reminds me in a way of like American Graffiti. It's it's set in a certain place at a certain time time period and you know something big is about to happen in this case the seattle explosion the grunge era is about to happen i love all of it Um, i love the way that you just made that analogy because it does have a similar you know you've got these six characters who are really adorable maybe the six or seven of us and uh and everybody is so unique and intricate and and it's just like a day, uh, like not a day in the life, but it feels like that, like American Graffiti. It feels like this is just a, a week in the life of these oddballs who live in the same apartment complex. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and I, I would heard, I've heard that Friends, the TV show, is based on, inspired by the characters and singles. I was reading an article about that last night that really? said that, they approached Cameron Crowe said, hey, we want to make a singles TV show. And he was like, absolutely not. And so <laughs> apparently what happened is they changed it just enough. Just you know, they enough. Moved it, 
They moved it to New York. They're not musicians, but they still hang out at a coffee shop, and they all live in the same building. That's exactly and... right. And I auditioned for it, and I didn't get cast. No! Wait, who were you auditioning <laughs> for? Let me guess. Oh, I would... Kutro. Oh, maybe it was Elisa Kutro. Part. I can't believe I didn't get cast in the role that I inspired. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Holly, or they let, like, did they say two on the nose? I mean, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, or too real. I uh, think we're, we're looking for a Sheila Kelly. We're looking for Sheila Kelly, <laughs> someone who can do Sheila Kelly. <laughs> what about Sheila Kelly? Nah, <laughs> nah, that's too easy. <laughs> I've noticed that when you, you know, the difference between film, who you cast in a film and who you cast in a TV show is so radically different. One of them is a little more, um, uh, What's the word? I don't want to say anything negative here. It's a little, maybe a little more vanilla. Yeah. I possibly. think of the odd couple. I think of the, the, you know, the actors from the film and the actors from the show. It's, it's maybe a little Matt more Mash. palatable. Huh? Mash. And MASH. Those are great examples. I think yeah. that what you just said matches all those things you just said. You know, uh, look, I encourage everyone to, to go back, watch singles. There's so many, even if you just take the cameos in the movie, it's amazing. Tim Burton, you've got Chris Cornell, you've got, uh, you get you get us here, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, you got uh, all of Pearl Jam, like we said. Yeah. Uh, Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti just Paul is the guy Giamatti. making out with the lady. <laughs> God, you're right. And you yeah. have uh, Peter Horton, you have Eric Stoltz, you've yep. got so many, you really do. It's, it, Cameron just surrounds himself with, with talent. It's really right. incredible. He's so smart that way. You got Jeremy Piven. Uh, you've got Tom Skerritt as the mayor. Right. <laughs> the cameo's the mayor of Seattle. Oh, and who was the doctor, the surgeon? Um, Bill Pullman. Oh, it was uh, Bill Pullman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, James Legros, who I'll, I'm a big fan of James Legros also as the sensitive ponytail guy. With yeah. the, uh, <laughs> He's a doll. He's a good guy. And yeah. you know what? The magic, uh, there was some deep magic in that film in that we all lived in the same friggin' apartment hotel, like like well, four of us did. Kira, me, Bridget, Matt, all lived in the same hotel. Um, Campbell and Jim True lived down the street in another hotel. But it was just, it was exactly like the movie. It was like we became super close. We only knew it. We all went out to clubs together. We went to you know, baseball games or whatever else, whatever sport that was. I mean, we just hung out and became became those characters in a way. That's cool. I Look, Seattle, I, to me, is one of the most fun towns to visit and hang out in and just, it's so uh, creative up there. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. And it's um, really pretty. You know, another thing about singles is the, the you know, the, the main cast, including the sublime Sheila Kelly. You've got Matt Dillon, who's, you know, still doing leading roles on shows. We've got Bridget Fonda was just at her... Uh, utmost adorable at that point. Yep. Campbell Scott, who I love, I love, love Campbell Scott. Uh, Kira Sedgwick, you know? I know. I think that's the first time I saw Kira Sedgwick. Even, uh, what was his friend's name? Jim True Frost, from, you know, who went on to be a very popular character on The Wire, was, was Campbell Scott's uh, best friend. And I didn't realize this till last night. And I'm watching you in the, in the popcorn scene where you're talking about <laughs> you and uh, Pam are talking about oh, know, yeah. oh, making yeah. popcorn with all. Of, and I was like, wait a minute. That's that's Allie Walker. That's the profiler. I did yes. not yes. realize that until last night. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? My yeah. God. 
I, I didn't realize how many cameos there were either until you just pointed it out. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Like every, I mean, there's no guest stars or, you know, whatever they call it, under fives going on in this. It's all just big name cameos, which no, is No, they just were missing one person that should have been in it, and that's my husband. Mm, yeah. I was I a nobody some... back then. He was a nobody back then. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> they, I think they, they tried to find uh, people that were like, on the rise, but not all the way there yet for a lot of the main cast. So I, I, was, on, I was on the fall before I even started. <laughs> well, not the rise, but the fall. Oh. Not the rise, but the fall. <laughs> I was, I was the, I was the boyfriend that nobody talked to. This is oh, a wow. show. That's well, except Kevin. That Bacon. Was... Kevin Bacon was very nice, but nobody else talked to me. Matt was nice later. I worked with Matt in a movie later on. Oh, cool, uh, Kevin. The only Kevin Bacon story I have is. Oh, oh gosh, what was Kira Sedgwick's show? The Closer? The Closer. So anyway, they're shooting The Closer on my street, and the street is not blocked off. They're just shooting in one house, and they're like, we don't need to block off the entire street. Mm -hmm. And I just see a man wearing these, like, uh, reflective sunglasses just walking right down the middle of the road from, like, a block away, and I'm like, is that Kevin Bacon? (laughs) Are you serious? And it was. It was Kevin Bacon going to visit, but he's just like... Walking down the street as if the traffic was, uh, you know, blocked off. It wasn't. <laughs> He's oh like, boy, what are you going to do? What are you going to run me over? I'm Kevin Bacon. So singles, uh, you know, like I said, I encourage everybody to watch it. To me, and it's much more than a romantic comedy, I think. it's not. It doesn't fall into, like, the mainstream romantic comedies. But to me, after When Harry Met Sally, it's the the best romantic comedy of all time. I find it so, the, the stories in there are just so touching. And then even your little thing where you've, you you get your connection at the end with Victor Garber. We didn't we didn't Victor mention Garber. Victor Garber. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. You're right. Somebody just tweeted or Instagrammed that clip, and I hadn't seen that clip since I saw the movie like 20 years ago. Really? And that was the when she sits down next to the single guy on the airplane, and it's a 14 yeah. year old boy. Yep. <laughs> I remember shooting that again. That was another one of those moments where you just. Uh, it was just magic. Before we go any further, let's talk about our breakfast where we made some healthy and delicious smoothies. And I want to I want to tell everyone about the recipe you had for your smoothie because I I recreated it. And I got to say it was it was delicious. We got frozen mango, we've got almond milk, we've got one date, which I think is the star, if I'm being honest, the star of the of the smoothie is the date. Uh, uh exactly. Oh my god, I'm so happy you said that. I love the date. Yeah. My uh, wife will make this treat that like has the like, cacao powder and dates, and it it just tastes like some kind of chocolate goodness, you know. Ooh, I want to get that recipe. I'll, I'll I'll send it to you. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so then we've got the okay, so we got the mango, we've got the almond milk, we've got the date, we've got the frozen banana, we've got the maca, which is good for the s- stamina and energy, I think, right? Um, and libido. And libido, and then we've got some probiotic powder, and yeah. the the most important ingredient other than the date, lots of love. Lots of love. Yeah. I, I made one. I made it today for my kid and my husband, and we all just downed it. It was so yummy. Nice. You have to be careful, though. You have to balance the not. You don't want it too sweet. Yeah. So put in half a banana first, or a quarter of the banana, even because um, I don't like it too sweet. Today mine was a little too sweet. I put a whole banana in. Yeah, I was wondering what would happen if I if I put in some ginger. I don't know. Ooh. Uh, well, let me know. A little bit of ginger goes a long way, though, you know, kind of like with the date. So maybe oh. it just. Yeah, it does. And you got to be careful with, because this is kind of a 
like a tropical flavor. Yeah. I also put a little bit of pineapple in today, frozen pineapple. Ooh. That's a really add-on because I'm not sure how much the ginger goes with the uh, tropical. Maybe really, maybe really good. Yeah. Great. Now, Great is, idea. are smoothies a, a uh, sounds like a thing that you make like regularly and uh, have a bunch of different recipes that you try? Is that true? I do. Yeah, I love. I love. Well, I put a little spinach in mine today as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, I just I love smoothies in the morning. It's easy, digestive. It like my, my. It's really good through my system. It's a lot of nutrients and energy all at once. You know, um, and it is a way I take my maca, my vitamins, my probiotics all together, and it just is a great boost. And then I work out after I take it. Sometimes I'll put a protein powder in there, but. Um, I don't do it every day. I, I would say I do a smoothie four times a week. Yeah. I do the blueberry one, the, the like the berries. I do ones with lots of, I always like to put spinach and kale in if I can, just to get some greens in there. I'll do some vitamineral greens. I'll do some um, uh, ashwagandha, which I don't even know if I should just bring that up. <laughs> ashwagandha mushrooms. I don't even know what that the- is. Yeah. Ashwagandha is a superfood. It's a it's a mushroom, I think. Yeah. Okay. Or no, maybe it's not a mushroom. I'm not sure what it is. I use it in a powder form, and it. I just every time I use it, I have boost of energy. I just love it. But okay. It tastes terrible. It tastes terrible. Oh, uh, so you really have to. Well, so that's good in a smoothie because hopefully it can be just, it can be disguised by all the other great tasting ingredients around it. Absolutely, by the banana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and did you like your? Oh, I loved it. I uh, I had to force myself. I, it was I made and I ended up making a giant smoothie. I was like, okay, I got to stop halfway through, and then put this in the fridge, and then come back finish it later because it was just it was too okay, much. That's but hilarious. but I loved it. So thank you for giving me that recipe and um, uh, talking about these smoothies. It was it was delicious, and I I think it is. You know, it's a great option for people if you're trying to be a little less hearty in the morning or start off with something just a little less aggressive, like you said in your stomach. Yeah. So. Exactly. And if you don't like the too sweet and you want to stay away from the sweets, you do, you go to the berries, you know, go to the strawberries, put in the spinach, put in the kale, uh, you know, vitamins, put them in there. It's just, it, God, it feels so good. It's so pure and it's so energetic. That's why I love it. It doesn't weigh you down. It doesn't make you like your, your digestive system doesn't go, Oh God, here's some bacon. It's like really light and, and uh, energetic. I love it. Yeah. Well, Thank you for introducing that recipe to me, and thank you for enjoying breakfast with me. That was amazing. It was. It's still going on. I'm not done yet. All right. <laughs> the party so don't. <laughs> no, yeah. The party don't stop. <laughs> don't stop now. <laughs> well, before we get out of here, I want to try to get three quick recommendations from Sheila Kelly. You got it. All right. So, is there a hidden gem show or movie that you love that people may not know? Yes, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I've not heard of this. What is this? Tell me, where can I find it? <laughs> oh, God, I just, I'm so obsessed with that stupid show. I'm one of those crazy peoples. Um, but uh, let me think, is there a hidden, is there a hidden gem that I love on TV and movies? Gosh, I can say that there's a hidden gem in a film, but it's not it's not a film that is recent. It's called Across the Universe. And do you know it? That's the one with uh, with all the Beatles songs in it? All the Beatles it's songs. It's great. Yeah. It's 
uh, it's one of it's, to me. It's a hidden gem. I don't know a lot of people that have seen it. I'm I'm surprised you've seen it. I'm well, yeah. It played at the Lemley's Theater, which is all like the indie films played there. So I, you know, and uh, I think I don't remember who the director was, but I think it was a, a director that I really liked. Is it? Isn't it Julie Tambor? Isn't it? Julie? Is it Julie Tamor? Oh, yeah, it's Julie Tamor, isn't it? It might be. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, uh, that sounds right. I just looked it up. It's um, Julie Tamer. Julie Tamer. And I, it's so, yeah. I know my kids, we watched it as my kids were little. My God, they loved it so much. So if you haven't seen Across the Universe, that's definitely a beautiful, and you like the Beatles, which I do. Yeah, love them. Love them too. So that's my, that's my, um, that's my choice. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So Julie Tamer, funny that you should mention Julie Tamer. Yesterday, Why? yesterday I was wearing my Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark uh, t-shirt that I bought when I went to see Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, which was done by Julie Tamor on Broadway in New York. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And I love oh, cool. I love just the visuals of anything Julie Tamor does. You know you're going to get a spectacular visual display in front of you, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, she's just, she's she's got an epic quality to her work. And the film has that feeling. It has an epic feeling. And yeah. even though it was under the radar, it's, it's just, watch it. Yeah. Definitely. Excellent. I agree. What is the show or movie that you watch just for fun? Ah, God, there's, there's, there's been several, but, uh, it's Veep. Do you know Veep? Oh yeah. The uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus. I'm obsessed with her. She's so brilliant. She's so brilliant. She is so brilliant. And she, that, that show is just my, you know, it's my guilty pleasure turn off all the noise and just kind of watch her be an absolute fool. Yeah. And now she's got all the Emmys and she deserves all the Emmys. She deserves it. Yep. She was, I I don't know if she ever got one from Seinfeld, but she was also really great on Seinfeld. I mean, she was just she's like, a, She's a comic genius. Yeah. I, agree. I don't even know. I don't know if she's gotten the kind of accolades she should be getting because she is up there with the top of those, uh, of comedic actresses, in my opinion. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's a genius at doing comedy, you know? Yeah, um, yes. And you're right. I mean, whatever she gets accolades-wise, she probably should should get more. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, I mean, the way we, the way we throw love and, and, and worship on Meryl Streep, I yeah. think Julia Dreyfus should have that too. I, I totally agree. Okay. I think maybe you and I should start some kind of a rabid fan club for her. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Not just a fan club, a rabid. rabid. Yep. Rabid. Yep. We just have a picture of her uh, and her big hair on a shirt. We sell the shirts, and then like just a pack of rabid dogs around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you. I think we should create you know a picture of her and on an altar. Ooh. And we should chant her yeah. With our shirt. Yep. On. Okay. I'm into Done. it. Done. Done. <laughs> All right. Last one. What is the show or movie that inspires you? Jeez, again, I'm going to go back in time. It's To Kill a Mockingbird. The Gregory Peck? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. I can't tell you. I've watched it maybe 37 times, and it brings tears to my eyes. It turns, it makes me giddy and happy, and it inspires me because it captured, I think it was Robert Mulligan that directed that. It just it captured a moment in time so brilliantly on so many levels from the personal intimate to the universal uh powerful powerful movie it's, I, yeah that would it's i you know it's so great that i don't even 
not I don't remember them. Re- that's the type of movie you think that they would remake like every ten years, like of Mice and Men, yeah. something like that. But they don't because I think that version is so perfect. You know, it is. But didn't they just redo it on Broadway? They did. It was uh, Aaron Sorkin, I believe, directed it, right? Yeah, yes. he, he rewrote it, reimagined it a little bit, uh, and I didn't get to see it, but it, it had such great reviews. Oh, it had phenomenal reviews. Yeah, didn't it win? Didn't it win some stuff? I think it won a bunch of. Uh, uh, Jeff Daniels did Jeff. Who played? Was it, it was Jeff, Jeff Daniels? Daniels yeah, yeah. Atticus As Atticus Finch. Finch. Yeah. Wow. Well, this has been so much fun, Sheila Kelly, guys. If you would like to get more breakfast stuff, such as pics of Sheila, Kelly, and I enjoying our healthy and delicious breakfast smoothies, go to my website, brentpope.com. You can listen to all the breakfast episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances. And finally, you demanded it, a breakfast store with a bunch of fun stuff, shirts, mugs, stickers, masks. It's all in there. People of Earth, help us keep this thing going by picking up something from the breakfast store. You'll be so glad you did. On social media, you can hit me up on Instagram at scoopspope. Give me a follow, and if you have a breakfast question, ask away. And make sure you follow my Facebook actor page. And if you like the show, please subscribe, leave us a review, share it with friends. Breakfast is enjoyed all over the United States and in 36 other countries, over six continents. And trust me, my omelet omnivores, my coffee cohorts, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreciate. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Marco, for making me sound so good. Sheila Kelly, what is next for you and where can we find you on social media? What is next for me is I will be hosting Woman Ignited in April and May, and then I am going to host the documentary had a six-month journey that I took a bunch of women through. I'm actually going to do that six-month journey online virtually so anyone in the world can come and take the same journey that's in that documentary and uh, transform their lives. I had so much fun and talking about all your great projects. And uh, thank your lovely husband, Richard, for popping in as well. That was uh, a a lovely surprise. (laughs) Awesome. All right, Brent. It was lovely talking to you. Yes. And with that, we put another flavor country-worthy episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See ya. Bye.